Thanks for listening to Sex with Emily. On today's show, I'm taking your calls and helping you through your sex and relationship questions. Topics include the proper ways to ask for more sex without hurting your partner's feelings, red flags, sign you just might not be compatible, and please don't worry your vulva is not desensitized. People always ask me that. It's not. And also, how to find partners who want the same kind of relationships you do. All this and more. Thanks for listening. I love when I run into listeners of the podcast in the real world. You always ask such great sex questions. And you also ask me, is the womanizer really that good? Or tell me more about the womanizer, which doesn't surprise me because it's still the top search term on sexwithemily.com. The good news is I could talk about the womanizer all day. I call it the clip whisper because it seems to know exactly what I want. I didn't think they could top the womanizer to go, the one that's shaped like a lipstick. But guess what? They did. The latest womanizer is called the Starlet. It's got all the power of the original, but it's super tiny. It literally fits in the palm of your hand. The womanizer uses patented pleasure air technology to indirectly stimulate your clitoris with gentle suction and air pressure. It's so effective. Some women have an orgasm in 60 seconds. If you haven't tried a womanizer, now is the time. There are a bunch of different models, but trust me, all of them are the sure thing. To order your Womanizer Starlet, click on the Womanizer banner on my site or find it at goodvibes.com slash Emily. Look into his eyes. They're the eyes of a man obsessed by sex. Eyes that mock our sacred institutions. Bedroom eyes, they call them in a bygone day. Hey, Emily. You got a boyfriend? Because uh, my man E here, he just got his heart broken. He thinks you're kind of cute. The girl's got to have her standards. Oh, my. Do women know about shrinkage? Isn't it common knowledge? What do you mean? Like laundry? It shrinks? Can we not talk about sex so much? Are you kidding me? Oh, my God. I feel so good. Being bad feels pretty good. But you know, Emily's not the kind of girl you just play with. You're listening to Sex with Emily. We're talking about sex, relationships, and everything in between. For more information, go to sexwithemily.com. Check it out. Check us out on all social media at Sex with Emily on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Okay, guys, it is September. Can't believe summer's over, but it's the back to basics month. So you might think everyone gets sex, but to be honest, there's always new things to learn. I'm still learning things, okay? And I like to think of like the back to basics this month. You might be going back to school. So we're going to be having an ABCs of sex series on the website. So check that out. Okay, guys, here's some sex in the news before we get into your calls. So you want to have more sex, but don't want to hurt your partner's feelings, Okay, I really like this article came out because, well, I was quoted in it, which I love. But they asked me, they, the reporter contacted me and said, so what are some ways that you think you can ask for more sex without hurting your partner's feelings? And I thought, wow, God, I get asked this a lot on the show. I think it's even if you're just talking about the fact that you want more sex, people just are just asking for something you want in bed. It is not easy, we know, to have the communication conversation. So I like the, the way this came out. So I'm going to read you some points. She talked to a few other experts. So here it is. Number one, talk about it, okay? You know how I feel. Communication is a lubrication because relationships are full of compromises and our sex life is no different at all. And if you're not on the same sex schedule, you don't want the same things as your partner, there's something that you're dying to ask them, you just gotta talk about it. Asking for more sex means talking about it. And you know, I talk a lot about the right ways to do it outside the bedroom, um, you know, when you guys are in a happy, relaxed space. So that's just the first point. You gotta talk about it. I think we all agree. Have the conversation in real life, if possible. 
So I get it, you guys. Face-to-face is hard, but it's like ripping off a Band-Aid. So you want to bring it up when you are relaxed and happy or like, you know, find what relaxes you both. It could be after a glass of wine, when you're going on a hike, after you work out. Try to have it in real life. I'm not a fan of texting a lot about emotions and feelings and problems and fighting over text, especially when it comes to sex. You don't want to be like, hey, I need more blowjobs over text or why don't you ever go down to me? Like, that's just, no, it's in real life, even though it's painful because I even know sometimes I have to bring things up in my relationship. This is my job and I still have these moments. I just take a few deep breaths. It doesn't have to be perfect. As long as you know you're coming from a place of, of love and wanting to improve your relationship, which you do, just know that your partner probably wants the same thing as well. So you're both on the same team. Okay, the other thing is give the good news first. I always call this the compliment sandwich. So you don't want to put your partner on the defensive. So great to start with positive things like, ah, keep thinking about that sex we had last week and I've been thinking about it all week, which, you know, maybe think like, I think we should kind of figure out how to have more sex. Maybe we open, you know, maybe we, you know, that's the request. The request is let's have more sex. But if you just open up with let's have more sex without kind of setting the groundwork, just like one nice thing, like, you know, I love you or you look beautiful today and maybe think about our sex life. You just want something leading into it because then you can say, you know, in the compliment sandwich, obviously you end that sandwich with like, great, so let's have more sex and I'm excited we're on the same page. We have amazing sex to come. So you start with something great, you put in the thing you want to talk about and then you end it with another nice positive message. Okay, you guys, this is big. This is something that I learned from my mother, actually. When I was a kid, my mom was taking some therapy classes. And this is a big part of therapy, like all base of therapy. But I remember she said to me, I might have been in fifth grade. And she said that whenever you're talking to somebody and you're confronting them on something, you don't want to use the word you. Like you never initiate sex or you never bring up anything exciting or, you know, you don't care about me. You don't want to put your partner on the defensive, but this goes for everything in life. So if you're going to the office and you're saying, you never show up to work on time, it's better to say, I, I've noticed lately that, you know, being on time is a challenge for you. So would you like to talk about some ways we could effectively get you to show up in time? So when you're in a relationship too, if you're like, you never do this or that, when you start with, I've been feeling lately like we're not really connecting or we could be having more sex. What do you think we should do about it? So instead of saying you never want to have sex or we never have sex, you can lead with why having more sex would be great for both of you. I think we would have more connection, more intimacy. We probably wouldn't be fighting as much or whatever it is. Start with speaking for yourself and not for your partner and don't make assumptions that they're on the same page as you. So do use the eyes statements. Ask about your partner's preferences. I like this because if your partner never seems in the mood for sex or they're complaining that they're just not turned on, you can ask them and this is key. This is great for women. What makes you feel sexy? What times of day would you like to have sex? You know, which ways would they like you to initiate? You know, I always say like if you're, if you just tell your partner once you need to initiate sex more, there's probably a reason they haven't been initiating and it's because they don't even know what that looks like. So if you could say, babe, when you come in the door and you just start likely kissing my neck, that really gets me in the mood for sex. That'd be a great way for me to know that you're initiating or that you want sex. So, you know, asking about their their preferences, asking them leading questions like what turns you on? Um, what makes you feel sexy? What times of day are great for you? Like I realize lately we're not having sex a lot. So what time of day is great for you? Like I would say, if, if you guys don't have a lot of time, you have kids, set the alarm 10 minutes early in the morning or go to bed a few minutes earlier. There are ways to find time for sex. So asking about their preferences and getting really specific is helpful. And finally, you want to find a win-win solution. So again, you guys, tell them how much you love feeling close and intimate with them, how you can work together to make sure you're both getting your needs 
met. So remember this, you guys, you're on the same team. You're not playing tennis like you're on a soccer team. You guys both want the same things and the same goals. So find a solution so you guys can work together to have a sex life that works for both of you because it matters. All right, my next sex in the news, here's some red flags that there's no compatibility in a couple according to Match makers. Okay, guys, um, again, take this with the great assault. I don't want you to hear one of these and be like, oh my God, we have to break up. What are we going to do? But I like this because I talked to a bunch of different matchmakers who see a lot of couples, probably know the red flags. So here's one of them. You don't agree about what to do together. So I'm kind of mixed on this one. So it might not seem like this is a big deal for some people because you can't agree what to do in your free time, but there could also be a sign that there's some values you don't have in common. Like if there's some things that are really important to you, like on Sunday, you know, you, it's important for you to, you know, be in nature and go hike. And your partner's like, I never leave the house. I only watch sports. Well, your value of working out and being healthy and your partner's like sitting home and drinking beer all the time, no judgment either way, but it just means you might be incompatible. Now I have to say, I'm a very independent person. So there's a part of me that's kind of excited that we don't, my partner and I don't share all the same things. Cause I'm like, great, you go do your things and I'll do my things. But think about it. The th- if, think about the things that you specifically don't like doing together. And if it means anything about your values, take a look at that. If you just like to, you know, go shopping, your partner doesn't, that's fine. What if it's something a little bit bigger? Take a look for the signs. The other thing is you live very different lives. Like you feel like you never see each other, your roommates, you know, you like ships that pass in the night and you're just roommates. You might even be living together, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you're compatible. And I'm not saying you have different you know, interest one, this is a little bit more like you literally aren't matching on everything and it seems like a struggle. The other thing is you fight a lot. Now, I think this makes sense that if you're just fighting all the time, you're fighting more than you're actually like having joy with each other. And especially if you're fighting over things repetitively like money or sex or how you raise the children, you know, and if they're not getting resolved or they're not having movement, think about it like how intense are these fights? Is there contentment? Like is your partner saying things that are kind of judgmental or make you feel really bad? If they're really big issues and you guys have not resolved it, you might not be that compatible. Um, and if you don't want the same things in life, that's another one. Um, again, you guys take these with a grain of salt, but really it, it kind of helps you clarify, like, do you have the same goals in life? You know, do you guys both have the same goals in life? You know, if you do, it means that you're compatible for sure. But if you don't want the same things in life and you're not willing to compromise, like if your partner, you know, they want to go out every weekend and just drink and party and go out till like 5, 4 a.m. And it's like, that's never going to be your jam. And it keeps coming up. If you don't want the same things, that's important. But also, of course, you guys, these are huge. Marriage, children, money. Those are the three things that people, that are the biggest issues in relationships. Like those are the things that are like the predictors of divorce. And if people can't find common grounds on one of those or definitely two to three of those, there's going to be some problems. And also religion is a huge factor. So um, make sure that you guys are, you know, on the same page. Do you both want marriage and kids? You got to listen to this because there's also this thing where you're like, well, you know, she says she doesn't want to get married now, but if I stay long enough, maybe I could convince them. I mean, I think you have to remember to pay attention to what your partner says. What have they said over time? If they keep saying it, it's probably true. Okay, another one is you don't value your relationship in the same way. Okay, so how can you tell if you share the values? 
if you're not really both into spending time together in the same way, like if you keep feeling like, you know, you want to spend more time with them and you want to bring them into your life and meet your family, meet your friends and like your work people. And there's just none of that. Like they're just not valuing it. They're not putting as much effort and time into the relationship. Again, if you're in a relationship where you're like, yeah, you know, I'm okay that they always bring me into everything and they're cool that I don't, then you're fine. But I think it's just, you know, take a look at it. There's nothing wrong with wanting your partner to, to feel that your partner values it as much as you do. Because we've all been in relationships or friendships where like, I'm always the one reaching out. I'm always the one making plans. I'm always inviting them out to dinner. They're never initiating it. The same goes into a relationships. Do you both value your relationship? Do you prioritize your relationship? So take a look at that. And the last one is you don't see the world in the same light. This is a big one. Um, You can compromise on a lot of things, but uh, you guys, this is really huge. If you're dating someone and they, for example, have that victim mentality, okay? So everything's happening to them. I can't catch a break. Not everything's going to work my way. The boss is out to get me. The neighbor hates them. Their friends aren't calling him back. But you're someone who's like really positive and you're always looking at opportunities and you're looking at, you know, the positive side of things. And granted, we can all go different ways. Sometimes I'm a victim. Sometimes I'm, you know, not, although I'm not often a victim. That actually is one that does trigger me. But, you know, sometimes I'm a little bit more negative. But overall, your philosophies in life, how you see the world, is the world out to get you? Is the world on your side? That really says a lot about your compatibility too. Like if you're constantly feel like you're fighting their mindset about their genuine, uh, their genuine like belief about the world, that can also be a challenge. So take a look at those and um, see if any of them resonate. You don't have to enter a relationship, but um, you might not be as compatible. Okay, and finally, you guys, what monogamous couples can learn from polyamorous relationships? I like this because I've often said that people I know in polyamorous relationships or open relationships, they just you know, practice like rigorous honesty and their communication is something to be admired, I always think. And even though you might be thinking, well, I'll never be in a polyamorous relationship, I am not saying that to you in this article, but it's pointing out some really key points that I think we can all learn from people who are in open relationships and think about how this might work in your relationship. So, okay, the first thing is communication. Successful monogamous relationships, obviously, as we talk about, require communication about desires and needs and problems. And this, like we know, can be a challenge. And polyamorous couples excel in this area or non-monogamous couples, however you want to call it. Um, People in consensual non-monogamous relationships communicate to, get this, you guys, negotiate agreements, schedules, and boundaries, meaning like when you're going to be seeing other people, what's the schedule, you know, what are the boundaries for you having sex with someone else, and to work through different kinds of problems that will emerge when negotiating an open relationship, like jealousy and, you know, who's going to be the secondary partner, and you just need greater communication overall. Next thing is defining the relationship, or DTR as we call it. I think that every couple could kind of stand to define their relationship, especially if you're just dating, you know, you've been a few months in. I think we could all use some good contracts. Some good, not, you don't actually have to write it down, but talking about like, what does this relationship mean? Because we often make assumptions. You know, people think like, oh, we had the DTR conversation and that's just it. They decide, yes, we're committed. No, we're not. Are you sleeping with anyone else? No, I'm not either. Let's be committed. But that could mean something really different and not just sexually. Of course, it could mean, well, that means that we're not sleeping with anybody else. So really, this is about what does it mean to be monogamous? Like for some people, the thoughts of just being attracted to someone can be defined as cheating. For other people, anything but intercourse is totally fine. I love talking about this. I love talking about my partner saying, what does this mean? And checking in. And this is also great, obviously, to define the relationship if you are 
going to open it up. So you guys, the other thing about defining the relationship is you might find out, you might be like, well, I don't need anything else than other to, than to know if my partner wants to sleep with anybody else. But even having the conversation saying, does the getting specific, you guys, that's what I'm talking about. People who are really great communicators in relationships get really specific. It's not enough just to say we're not sleeping with anyone else. And you might not think this is fun, but I think it could be very helpful to say, okay, so you're not sleeping with anyone else. Um, well, what happens if maybe you're attracted to somebody else? Or or what if, you know, you meet someone at a party or like, do you, have you cheated before? Or what's your thoughts on like, um, you know, would you ever be in an open relationship or is it something that even interests you? Like getting really granular, like, does this mean that I'm going to go home with you for Christmas? Or does it mean that we're going to be sharing certain things? Like, this is what I'm saying is that, that defining it and continuing to define it can be very useful. Even if you think there's no defining, more defining to do, getting specific can help you really understand the relationship and also find out if you guys are on the same page, if you actually are compatible. The other thing is practicing safe sex. This is a big one. So there was a study that found that individuals in polyamorous relationships were more likely to practice safe sex than those who cheat in monogamous relationships. So the study showed that monogamous individuals often consider monogamy a safe sex practice in and of itself. So sexually unfaithful people may reject safer sex strategies because of the presence of a stable relationship. So what I'm saying is 50% of people cheat men and women. That's pretty much what the studies say in relationships, committed relationships. And so if that's the case and they're not, you know, practicing safe sex, that's something to think about. Yeah. Practice safe sex. Make it part of your habits. I think that our sexual health is so important and people who are in open relationships are willing to talk about it and prioritize it. And this is the big one here is that managing jealousy. I've talked about this before and I find this fascinating. So people think, oh God, the thought of opening up or swinging or being with someone else, I would cripple with jealousy. If I think about my partner with someone else, that would just, that would kill our relationship. I could never handle it. So you might think that having multiple partners would elicit even more jealousy than being in a monogamous relationship, but that is not the case. So those who engage in polyamory and swinging score lower on jealousy and higher in trust than those in monogamous relationships. And people in monogamous committed relationships were off the charts on jealousy. So you might not realize that your jealousy is eating away with you. In fact, they found that monogamous couples avoid addressing jealousy, right? So people who are in non-monogamous relationships, they talk about jealousy all the time and it sort of gets diffused because you have a place to go with it. You're like, hey, that kind of made me jealous. I thought I'd be okay with it, but it seems like you're really more into her than you're into me or whatever. You could just say it and you're with someone that you trust because if you're in an open relationship or a non-monogamous relationship, you have that foundation of trust. But people who are in monogamous relationships don't have a place to address jealousy. They just kind of ignore it. They, they fester. And then you know how it manifests? They're like going through their partner's purse and reading their text messages and breaking into their Facebook account. So I just think that that addressing jealousy and being honest about it is huge. And that if it's something that you've been thinking about, you want to open it up, that that shouldn't be a factor for you not to try it out because people do transcend it. And um, it still happens, but you just learn how to deal with it, how to diffuse it. Final one is maintaining a sense of independence. What I like about this tip is because um, I appreciate that people who are in open relationships realize that they don't need to get all of their needs met by one person, which I think is a problem. And I'm not just talking sexual needs. I'm talking about people in monogamous relationships. It's a lot of pressure. And again, this is the way the system's set up. Like we marry this one person and there are 
there are caretaker, there are, you know, emergency contact, there are lover, there are best friend, they help us figure out all of our problems, our work stuff. That is a lot. That's a lot to set anyone up for to be like, you are my everything. And intellectually, I understand that. But if you're more in an open relationship, you get a little bit more creative about getting your needs met because you, maybe you're relying on friends more, you're relying on secondary partners, rather than putting all this pressure on one person, which can be really stressful. So, you know, it's it's like, I think that, I don't know where this came down that our partner, like we can't ever talk to anyone else, but I know that my friends and my family and just the people in my life, my colleagues are the people that I talk to about a lot of things. I don't bring everything to my partner, not because I'm hiding things, but just I know in my life, like who would be good to talk about this challenge? You know, so it's really important to continue to develop those secondary relationships you know, they don't have to be romantic, but just I just think maintaining your independence when you're in a relationship is some really important work and important to think about. And like, if you kind of got in a relationship, you're like, what happened to all my friends? Or I don't talk to these people anymore. Believe me, it's a really great thing to to nurture and to continue to cultivate all of your other relationships outside of a committed monogamous relationship. Okay, guys, that's your sex in the news. We are going to give a shout out to our sponsors now. Thank you so much for supporting our sponsors. And when we come back, I'm taking your calls. You often ask me about new ways to connect with your partner and keep things super hot. Well, I've got the solution that will add adventure to your sex life in all the right ways. The Jive from WeVibe is the perfect way to experience discreet pleasure that you can wear alone or have a partner control. It's an insertable vibe that allows you to feel pleasure wherever and whenever. And when you pair it with the WeConnect app on your phone, you can cycle through the Jive's 10 vibration patterns. Wear it on your date night or running errands. Hey, there's no rules. It's also fun to build custom vibes so you experience different sensations or hand control over to your partner and let them surprise you, whether they're across the table or across the country. And because it's from WeVibe, you know this thing is packing the power. To get your jive, visit sexwithemily.com slash WeVibe. That's my site, sexwithemily.com slash WeVibe today. You know I'm all about your pleasure. I'm a huge fan of finding new ways for you to experience it even more. And for the guys, I know you love your orgasms, but what if I told you you could experience pleasure in a whole new way that's going to completely blow your mind? Okay, hear me out. You've probably heard me call the prostate the male G-spot. Well, that's because when stimulated, it can lead to strong erections and incredibly intense orgasms. Yes, I'm talking about prostate play. And whether or not you've tried it before, Aneros knows that prostate stimulation feels amazing. Funny enough, they found this out by accident because their products were originally for health benefits, but they got this incredible feedback. Can you just imagine the feedback? Um, hi, I just had the most incredible orgasm from my butt. Anyway, please meet the new Trident Collection. Each Aneros massager in this lineup hits three areas of stimulation, internally on the prostate or P-spot and externally on the perineum and the K-spot just behind the anus. I know, who knew there were so many spots? Bottom line, these external acupressure points can lead to full body orgasms. And Eros calls this the super O. I call it the holy crap O. I'm sure you'll find some good names for it. And what makes Aneros products unique is that they're self-powered, meaning they don't vibrate or require batteries. Your body's own movement makes the magic happen. Use them on your own or with a partner. The results are explosive. Like all Aneros products, the Trident massagers have been medically researched and are anatomically configured to fit perfectly. They're made from a solid, non-porous, body-safe plastic that is comfortable and easy to clean. I have so much to say about Aneros, and I'll be talking about them more in the future. And you're always asking me for more male toys, so you're welcome. Check out the Trident line for yourself. 
Just go to sexwithemily.com slash Aneros. That's sexwithemily.com slash A-N-E-R-O-S today. Okay, guys, I'm excited because this is a call show and I'd love you to participate in our next call shows um, because it's fun, you guys. I get to sit, I get to talk to you, we get to really get into things. So if you have a question you want answered on the show, text Ask Emily, all one word to 797979. Oh, you can also go to the website, click on the Ask Emily tab and fill out the form. And if you want to be called, you can just click on the Yes, I'd Like to Be Called box. And um, you can also use a fake name and always include your name, your age, where you live and how you listen to the show. Okay, we have Katya. She's 23 from London, and she says she's sexually and romantically blocked from trauma seeking advice. Hi, Katya. You came to the right place. How are you? That's a lot. So tell me what's going on. (laughs) Sexually and romantically blocked. Tell me the history here. Um, When I was younger, I had a very long relationship with someone who I shouldn't have. I was like 13. He was much older than me. There was like a five-year period where like it was just a really bad situation. Yeah. And so getting stuck into that whole sort of routine of a relationship, when I got out of that, I was only single for like six months and I just had this like void inside me, which I filled with another boyfriend, which he was great, but um, it didn't work out and I had my resentment as you do. And then another six months, single after like a year and a half and I fell into a really shit relationship with Mm. this guy who was just awful and I could never be vulnerable with with like especially the last one he he was really horrible Mm. was he abusive like emotionally or physically no he was just very insecure he didn't really know who he was as a person, let alone me knowing anything about... I mean, I knew more than he did, but right. I got, like, blinded by my feelings and all of that. So it just sort of knew the whole thing. And then it wasn't until I came out of the relationship, I was like, God, what was wrong with me? Okay, right. So it sounds like for 10 years... So you're 23 now, so for 10 years you've been in relationships. Yeah. Sexual relationships. With men, yeah. and it sounds like it's just it's consuming because especially as, as a thirteen year old, your brain's getting wired towards this attention, and intimacy, and attraction to someone. And now you know, I think it is good to take a break and maybe not date someone right now and get to know who you are on your own and kind of work some of these issues through. Yeah, definitely, I know that's easier said than done because you're you crave that like all of your being is like probably you feel like you don't feel complete or you don't feel like you without a man in your life. How is it manifesting now? You're not dating anyone right now, right? So I understand. Well, yeah, like that. right now, it, right now it's all right. Like I broke up with my last ex in November. I went through my crazy phases of just like dating people, having sex with people, and then realizing it was just such an empty thing to just sleep around, and it well, I wasn't getting what I wanted from it. Then I found out that I'm on the like a bi spectrum and I was just like, okay, so this is actually a thing. This is not just me. Oh, maybe yeah. I like girls, maybe I don't. Like, I figured this out and I was like, okay, I want to explore this more, but let me, like, so I tried to do that. And then I was like, okay, I'm looking for something that I won't be able to find until I find it myself. Yeah, you got to feel it yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So basically right now I'm just, I'm just like, you know what, let me just date myself for a while and just like do that for a bit. And actually I found myself feeling much 
better in this situation. I found that I don't need to like, um, okay. So what I have found is that when I thought like I, I was lying on the floor one day and I looked over and I was like, it'd be so nice to have someone there. And I had this moment where I was just like, even if I didn't have that person there, would I be feeling what I want to be feeling? Because when I've been in that situation, I look over and I'm like, this is not what I want. So I took the time out and I'm just Good. doing my thing now. But That sounds really I'm healthy. In- like just, I mean, <laughs> no, really, that is so, I mean, Katja, you said that so well. Like, it's so true that we think that someone else has to fill us up and give us love. This is what we're talking about, self-confidence, self-love, and we have to give it to ourselves. And I love your example that you sat there in the moment thinking, oh, it would be nice to have someone's arms around me right now, for example. Then you looked over and you thought, no, what would that feel like? Maybe that would even be annoying. How can I like love myself right now? So that's exactly yeah. what we're talking about. And so this is about like, you know, taking time to to pamper yourself, to take baths, to ma- to learn your body what feels good to you, not through a lover's hands, mm. but through your own hands. You know, touching yourself, masturbating, fantasy, and really seeing what turns you on. Like, what's your erotic blueprints? Like, what are the things that really excite you? And do all these things yeah, on your, on your like, own. That that's the thing. I found that that's been a really hard thing to figure out myself because I realized I was like well, I can't expect anyone to know what I want if I don't know what I want exactly. myself. And then when I, I, like, I started listening to your show and I was like, okay, I need to, like, learn to respond to my own touch. And then I realized that I don't even know what I like. Yeah. Like, I, <laughs> I'm doing this with myself and I'm like, I don't understand why I'm not feeling anything. And I think that's also been my mindset. Yeah, it's and your it's mindset, been, right? Like, yeah. And it's been crazy hard to, like, figure out what like just to empty my mind and just like focus on what's happening and I get so caught up up there right and like moving back home as well like the whole like this year's been crazy as well like I I left my student house because of like massive drama and those housemates are really horrible to me you know I came home in tears I ended up having to pack up everything Mm. so I'm back home okay so you live with your parents so there's not a lot of is that what you're saying? Like so, well, finding space? I live at my aunt and I live with my aunt and uncle. Okay. And so like the whole family <laughs> dynamic is pretty crazy, but I'm here with them and save so my sister. But my sister's had like the double room. With, like we share it, but I'm in the spare room while she's here and then she's going to go to uni. Okay. And so when she does go, I have like a week to set okay. myself up before my term t- starts. So it's like there's just all these changes that happen right. like in very short spaces of time. Well, it sounds like um, it. So I would take the pressure off yourself too. I mean, if you don't have that space right now, that's okay too. You're really, you seem very self-aware and you have a lot of emotional intelligence and I'm really impressed by it at your age, 23, like the way you're talking about it. So I think you're fine. There's nothing wrong with you here. And so I think when you're saying it doesn't quite feel good, I get it. Like it's not natural. Like I didn't start masturbating until I was your age either. I was like, this does not feel good. I don't get it. You know, so it's really (laughs) figuring it out. It's kind of exciting in a way. It's like you're learning a new subject and that subject is you and your body. So I don't know, like maybe you don't even know yet, but it could be watching porn. It could be reading erotica. Like for a lot of women, that's like Fifty Shades of Grey was huge. It wasn't because it was like great literature, right? It was because reading those words, reading erotica scenarios can can turn women on. So I think finding what gets you in that place. And then when your mind starts to wandering, like just getting into 
into the practice of coming back to the moment, like coming back to your breath and to the touch. Like it could be like, how does my, you know, hands feel between my legs right now? And then you're thinking like, what if my sister walks in and then you go back to your hands? Like you have to do it like 15 times. Mm-hmm. But when you keep a hundred times sometimes to, re- to be mindful and to be present. And that's what we're talking about. Like when our mind takes over, we're in charge of that, but it's hard to remember. So it's like, going back to that, doing things that make you feel good, like lighting candles, listening to music. It all sounds really silly and cliche, but it yeah. totally works because no, you need those anchors. Like you see, I really want to do that. I can't wait till I can actually do that because I really want to just set up the room and put on some music and like right. some candles and set like a whole scene and I can't do that. And I feel like the more that I want it, the more that it frustrates me that I can't do it. Well, uh, what if you do? Well, I totally understand too and it sounds like you have some anxiety right now and that you don't can't really relax yeah. and you've had a lot of change. So you could even put it on the back burner for a month or until she leaves but I would also say there's no such thing as the perfect setup if you light a candle one candle that's enough or just play your favorite soundtrack you know what I'm saying like you don't need to do it all like you could just say this one thing's going to signify that I'm going to masturbate for 20 minutes I'm going to light my favorite candle that I've been saving for someone else coming over you're going to use it on yourself like I'm going to enjoy these things or use your favorite body lotion or you know whatever it is that gets you there it's like one thing but I feel like you know you know so just and once you start to do it, you'll realize that like, you could even say, I'm going to do it every day for 10 minutes for the next 30 days, like 10 minutes, even if you don't get anywhere. Yeah. So then it becomes part of your muscle memory, part of your routine, and then you'll build up to it. But don't be hard yeah. on yourself. <laughs> Please. All right. <laughs> take it easy. Oh, take some time. Yeah. And um, you'll get through this. There's nothing yeah. wrong with the situation. I get that there's some chaos now, but you'll learn how to build your home and find a space for you that's comfortable wherever you're at. But, yeah. you know, okay. In due time. Yeah, totally. Yeah. But I liked all the consciousness you have around it. So just um, take some time and figure out if it's <laughs> 10 minutes, okay? <laughs> 10 minutes a day. All right. Okay, bye, Katya. Good I do have you. a quick request. Sure. So I've been, like, I've been doing research and stuff. And I've, like, I'm really into yoga and all the mindful stuff. And I, in looking at all the sexual healing stuff to deal with, like, the past and everything, I've come across Tantra. Mm-hmm. like tantra yoga like the tantra sex and stuff i don't know um because i've i haven't been able to keep up with your show as much recently as i mm-hmm. have done but i don't know if you've done a podcast on that or maybe it's something that you might yeah. be interested in doing one on yeah no we've talked about tantric sex and tantric yoga and breathing dolly talked about she's called the pleasure muse she was probably on about a little bit over a year ago she talks about that mm-hmm. and then the episodes with john wineland might talk about that tantra is can be a great resource. So Urban Tantra, mm. I think that's the name of the book. It's a great book. And I feel like, yeah, breathing and being mindful and being present, that's what tantric sex is. And you can do it with yourself. Mm-hmm. And it's about like breathing into your body and really just like staying. It's really about breath and focus on yourself. So it's mindful. It's yeah. like mindful sex. So we've talked about it on the show for sure. But I think the more you can do practices, like I used to always buy these self-help books and then I wouldn't do the exercises because my brain just wanted the knowledge, <laughs> right? And they always have like 10 minutes yeah. at the end. That's what I want to tell you to do. Do the homework because you probably know a lot about it or buy a good book on it or take a course on it, you know, online. But I really think it's a great, I think that'd be great for you because it'll help with everything. Yeah, I definitely going to look more into that because it really, really fascinates me. I'm really okay. into it. Good. Keep doing it and let me know how it goes. I really, I think that's great. I will do. All the self-care. I love it. Okay, bye, Katya. Have a good day. Bye. Thanks for calling. Bye. We all just need to take some deep breaths. I probably, we all right now, I'm going to take a deep breath with you all, okay? 
Doesn't that feel better? Did you all just follow along with me? Because I think a lot of us run around, we're stressed out, we're really busy, we just were in our heads, and there's so much to be said for dropping in and giving ourselves time to really like heal ourselves through breath, through our own touch. And um, I'm way into Tantra, and I'm way into people being present and meditating and figuring out your own stuff. So I'm glad that you reminded me of that. Okay, we have Michael. He's 24 from Chicago, and he wants to find women that value him and end the cycle of dating women that just want casual sex. Hey, Michael. Hi, Emily. How you doing? I'm good. Okay, tell me what's going on. Give me some history here, please. Yeah, so um, I'm going to kind of try to, you know, break it down. Um, Kind of my biggest problem is I totally get it from, like, where girls are coming from. Um, But, like, with me, it's like... um, I had a kind of a, an accident with my first girlfriend when I was uh, very young, like 15. Basically, it damaged most of the nerves on my penis. So I don't feel a lot um, oh, okay. when I have intercourse or any kind of sexual interaction, really. So it's still enjoyable to me, obviously. Okay. I still have like a high sex drive. But basically what I'm trying to get to is it, it takes me two hours to even get off um, Okay, even when you're masturbating? Um, I would say when I'm masturbating, it's probably more like 45 minutes to an hour. But that's like really like concentrated with my headphones on. That whole deal. And uh, yeah, it just leads to like girls will enjoy it. They'll have a great time. And I'm like, okay, well, maybe this one like, you know, I'm, I'm trying to like be open and be like, you know, this is not you. This is a problem I have, and uh, I'm enjoying myself. But it always just kind of ends in the same, like, oh, you know, I just think you, uh, you know, I get three answers. I get, I think you might be gay. Um, I don't think you're into the relationship, or um, I just can't be with someone that takes that long. Mm. Um, and it gets emotionally difficult. You know, I first wrote into you um, in a very upset, you know, state because I really. Actually, I think you're the first, you know, relationship advice or, or sex advice that even I've been to counselors that, that even like acknowledge that getting off could be a problem for men, yeah. especially young men. Absolutely. And uh, and so I I really appreciated hearing that. And so I listened religiously to you for a long time and everything. Okay. And um, it gets difficult because, you know, you, you find a new relationship yeah. and, I, and uh, I, I love having, you know, sex. So I don't want to just stop. Right. Um, okay. <laughs> I know, know. I get um, it. No, thank yeah. you. Okay. So it sounds like you've been tough. So I'm really glad you yeah. called. I want to, I want to help you here. So what was the actual thing that happened? I'm curious with the girlfriend when you were 15. Yeah, it, it, she was a little bit older and, um, she was a little bit experienced, but I guess not too experienced. Right. And, uh, essentially what happened is we didn't use, uh, any loop and she did this kind of like twisting, um, <sighs> kind of like uh best way i can describe it like i described doctors as like an indian uh torture thing you know you're doing mm, <laughs> great like school. an indian burn yeah what they call yeah, it yeah and it was basically yeah it was like i don't know what it was probably she was attempting to do something she read or something like right, that right like she probably saw porn or something it, okay it basically <laughs> tore the like i'm i'm cut um and right. so it like basically tore the the stitching or whatever mm. um and it was very bloody and I'm from a very religious background. So I didn't, I definitely did not go to my parents because no. they didn't know I was 
sexually right. active. So basically, it like healed by uh, itself with us um, making like a, a Walgreens bandage. Right. For it. And so it's kind of oh, jacked up, sweetie, and the yeah. doctor's kind of surprised uh, that it, it even healed as well as it did, but it's definitely a little bit. Wow. Uh, have you talked to doctors up, about it? Can they have they tried to work with you on it? Have you seen have you talked to your it sounds like you have talked to your doctor about it? Like if there's anything they could they could do. It, well actually like a kind um, of like a rehabilitation, have, you know? Right. Um, yeah, I know, yeah. It I had a, a doctor who's really great who introduced me to uh fleshlights. It was kind of an awkward conversation, but he was just basically like, use a toy because it's gonna be kinder he had basically no medical solution essentially. Okay. Um, I'm just uh, wondering. He, just, <laughs> he did say masturbate less to increase sensitivity, but I tried that for a while and it just made me more angry, more horny, and uh, <laughs> and it didn't change the length of time at all. So. Right. I mean, you could also have, you know, delayed ejaculation, which takes longer for some guys, you know, if it takes 30 minutes or more for some men to ejaculate. When you're with women, are you like leading with it like this is a problem or do you tell because I feel like it's the way you present probably just to say like, yeah, I've got this mm-hmm. thing, you know, I love having sex. I love being with you, but I don't have as much sensitivity and just like being there yeah. for them sexually. And you tell them that going in. Yeah, I do. I, well, I like, I like when the girls having a good time. I, I, I like to interact and be open and everything like that. I think that's important. Um, so I, I kind of do leave with it, especially recently, because it it becomes kind of, I think, what I also agreed with on your show that you say a lot is like women are often taught to be the pleasers of men. So I think it, it kind of like makes them feel, they, they're kind of like just surprised. I think it's not like they're, I don't know, like I, I often will get women being like, does that not feel good? Or does right. like, you know, and they're focused on me, you know, because. You know, women are great, and they yeah. You know, no, that's a word pleaser. Is it's but, true? And you're 24 yeah. years old. You're probably dating women your age. They're like, what? Like, I'm telling women all the time, even though even if they listen, they still don't quite believe me. They're like, what? A guy just wants to please me, and I can't, right. you know. And so, yeah, I understand that you're probably teaching them that. So, have you yeah. been to see like a neurologist? Have you been to see another doctor besides your primary care doctor? It's hard just because uh, my insurance is is not that great. It's I have it. But it's not that great. So I've, I've been told I should go to, uh, yeah, a urologist and mm-hmm. uh, a sex therapist. I it also it it doesn't. The, the only thing I hesitate is that it doesn't hurt to do anything else, and um, and it doesn't necessarily hurt. It will hurt sometimes, but the majority of the time, it just it feels either good or feels like nothing. You okay. Know? Yeah. Um, I think working with this, and, I know, yeah. you know, I know that insurance sucks. <laughs> it's hard everywhere. Like, yeah. I understand that, too, because there, it would just be, you know, if you have a copay and there's someone in your network to go see somebody, it's just good to get another opinion, to talk to another doctor. But I, so that's one thing. I would just stay on this because maybe there's some kind of like laser, something they could do, like a laser treatment, or there's something they could do to kind of help with the nerves. I'm not sure because I'm not as familiar with this. So that's one thing. Like, yeah. like our health, mental health and our physical health are so important. Like, without that, we have nothing. And I've been your age when I'm like, I, the one thing that's going to go is health insurance. Like, I'd much rather go out drinking or I'd much rather, you know, but it's yeah. like we need our health insurance and there's ways to work it into 
to get recommendations. So that's one thing. But the other thing is with women, I think it's really just continuing just to be super honest with them and let them know yeah. like before you're having sex and that it's all about them. And like even being more like dominant be like, no, like I'm going to please yeah. you. You know, I'm going to do it. And like let them feel comfortable with you because I have to say that a lot of women in the early 20s, they just haven't had the experience. That they're not smart and that they don't believe you, but it truly is. And I hope this changes and maybe you're part of that change for real, Michael, that that women and men understand that like, especially women that they don't have to lead. It's not about them, you know, pleasing yeah. men first. So I feel like, you know, that you're going to find that person that's going to get you and that's going to be able to, you're going to have a healthy sex life. It's all going to happen. So I think it's really communicating without apologizing and, you know, and just being yourself and being confident about it. Like, this is my situation. And then continue to like, see what you can do about learning how to play with yourself. So whether it is with a flashlight or when you masturbate, kind of mixing things up, using your hands in different ways, using different kinds of lubes, maybe using a vibrator, getting like a, um, like the, the verge, or um, the Verge by WeVibe is a great toy, or like playing with different cock rings that vibrate, like just different sensations to kind of get that. The yeah. prostate. Have you ever played with your prostate at all? I've had girlfriends like um, I, I'm not opposed. Um, I've had girlfriends try and all that. I haven't really gone there. I guess I'm a little bit of a prudish male when it yeah. comes to that, but I'd be I'd be uh, yeah. I'd be open. Uh, I mean, you could. To that. I think so because there's so much pleasure you realize too I think that'd be so great for you because if you use your when you're masturbating like without the woman but like just try with the finger use some lube we've got some great stuff on our website about this like blogs about it there's you know prostate play you could get an Aneros toy you can just use your fingers and I'd say start to practice because you can have orgasms that are so intense that that could just help you with a lot of this if you kind of incorporate that like and the world is changing now I know that you said you're kind of like this what'd you say like this conservative man and I get it but I do believe the times are changing and that like why not especially in, in with your situation you could have these kind of orgasms that would blow your mind that could change your whole sexual experience and I think that when you have confidence in that on your own you'll just bring into the relationship and you're going to find a woman who can meet you at your level of understanding around sex and your body and so people might not meet you there and those aren't the women for you but you will find women with a big heart and compassion and who's ready for the ready to be with you in that way you know so I just think that it's a matter of you being more comfortable and having solutions and knowing how to please yourself and your partners. That all sounds great. Okay, good. I agree. Keep searching, Michael. Keep playing with yourself. Keep figuring this out. All right, thanks. Because, yeah, you're on top of this. You got this. Bye, Michael. Thanks for calling. Have a good day. Bye. That call should be a great reminder to everybody that we all need to use lube every single time we have sex, a few drops of lube. But also, you guys, that we have to take responsibility for our own orgasms and our own pleasure. And I know I often talk to women about that, like your orgasms about you, figure out what you like. But you guys, same goes for men. There's always rooms for growth and for learning because I don't know, I think you guys are listening because you want to have healthy sex and even better sex and healthy relationships. And so it doesn't stop with how you're having sex now. There's always room for growth. There's always room for experience. We have so many Roger Stones, you guys. So make it like your your job to figure out what else feels good to you and all the ways you can be stimulated. I love a man who's open to some backdoor play. Women too. Nothing wrong with it. Just use lots of lube, breathe, and go slow. Okay, Sarah, 26 in San Diego, and she wants to know, can vulva sensitivity change over time? She wants to orgasm with her hands, but can do it with a magic wand. Hey, Sarah. Hey, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Very good. Happy to be on the show. I'm so glad you're here with me. So tell me what's going on. Okay. I had always been able to orgasm with my fingers growing up and then discovered the magic wand mm-hmm. and man, is it magic. 
Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. Um, it was pretty much the only thing that could actually get me to come when I was really severely depressed. And so now I feel like I've kind of relied a little bit too much on it. Okay. And okay. I feel like I've noticed some decrease in sensitivity where, you know, I used to be able to use a vibrator. I'm definitely a vibration queen. Right. I absolutely love it. Um, and I've used a vibrator and then, you know, it doesn't quite happen as quickly or, you know, I can't just use the lowest setting. And I was just sort of wondering if this is normal, if there's a way to reverse it. Have I damaged myself? No. <laughs> I know people always ask me, they're like, oh, don't they damage you? No. I mean, the thing is, our bodies get used to certain kind of things, right? Like that's, you're going to get used okay. to the feeling of the vibrator at that setting. So there's no damage going on, but you just have to learn another way to please yourself. It's not that you have to retire the magic wand. It just means that you could like <laughs> try to, yeah, no, I get it. Like I totally get it. And I think that trying it, other vibrators at different settings, just trying a different kind of vibration, like trying another toy. Like if you've never tried a Wii Vibe or if you've never tried the Queen Bee by Hot Octopus is another one I like. All these toys have different. So the Magic Wand feels different than a Wee Vibe toy or the Hot yeah. Octopus toy. They all the, all the vibrations feel different. And once you kind of realize that like, yeah, you might not orgasm right away. Maybe it'll take a little bit longer. But when you like tease yourself with it also, it's like switching up the ways that you touch yourself. So if you just like put the Magic Wand and you're like, eh, and it comes out like, like the minute orgasm or the Womanizer. Yeah. The Womanizer is amazing too because... The womanizer, I would actually recommend for you because the womanizer, it indirectly stimulates your clitoris and it's a different kind of sensation okay. and it like sucks on your clitoris, kind of like like a light kissing, sucking, kind of like oral sex. And so I feel like you might not even be kind of getting into those nerve endings because there's 8,000 nerve endings on the clitoris. I just think that you're get, you've are you gotten used to this way of doing it, but I think if you learn to stimulate like the labia because there's clitoral legs that go down beneath the labia, like there's all these parts of your vagina beyond the clitoris, beyond just the little nub that can feel really good. So I think like yeah. either using it over your pants, using the magic wand over your pants or just trying some new toys, trying different ways of touching yourself. Um, will yeah, absolutely help you. Exactly, okay. like different vibrations, different things, like using a piece of fabric over it so it's not directly touching you, using lube, using different, maybe you can like uh, lie on your stomach and masturbate that way, like playing with that. Just like when you've worked out, like if you did the same workout every day, your body would stop changing, right? You'd stop building muscle exactly. or whatever your goal was and the same thing goes true for masturbation. So I would just kind of say play with some things and think of it as fun because there's no problem. I'm just telling you to like, play with some new toys, masturbate without the goal of orgasm as you know it, like it has to happen in this same time period, in the same okay. position. Yeah. So just kind of take... That's an interesting way to do it. Yeah. Okay. I like that. Yeah, exactly. Just without the goal of it and just like, oh, does this feel good in my nipples? Does it feel good on my inner thigh? Like teasing yourself and turning yourself on in different ways. Because I've been where you at. I've been where you are too, and I realize now that I because this made me think about it that I have so many toys now that I I know now I can think oh I want to have that feeling I get from this toy or I want to try out this wee vibe or I want to insert a toy and use my finger you know what I'm saying so this just I think you just got to play with it but there's nothing wrong with you at all. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And do you recommend if you ever feel like a decrease in sensation, like take a week off or something? Or you know I wouldn't be that sure. Just kind of switch it up. I would say switch it up. 
and maybe um, try okay. to yeah try to maybe start with your fingers and then end with a toy. But if you're if you're in pain right now and you're like not feeling it, then I could say yeah, take a few days off. But I know that nothing's wrong. You're gonna see that I'm right. Like I'm very confident about this. That if you just kind of okay. mix up your patterns and like maybe watch some porn or do it in the bathtub instead of your bedroom, like just changing one of these things is gonna make a huge difference. Because you're also in your head about it too. So I'm just telling you that this isn't. It's not true. It's how you feel, but it's not necessarily the facts because you didn't damage anything. So I've been well, there. Just play so with some much. toys. You're so welcome, Sarah. <laughs> you got this. nothing wrong with you here. <laughs> Have a great night. Thank Go you. Go buy too. yourself some fun toys. Okay, bye. Thanks. Okay, you guys, I like this question because I do hear this from people like, oh, I don't know want to use a toy. I'm going to get too sensitive or it's going to hurt me. Like, you're not, no one's ever damaged their vagina, their vulva from a vibrator. That's not going to happen. But what happens is we get set in our ways. We think we have to only masturbate a certain way. We can only come a certain way or in a certain sex position. And I'm saying this is part of the fun of masturbation is that work you get to do on your own when you're masturbating, playing with yourself and just seeing that you have so many delicious nerve endings, 8,000 in the clitoris, so many in our inner thighs or in our arms, our forearms that you can just play with when you're masturbating so you can find out all the different ways that you can please yourself. Part of the fun. Okay, we have Dottie31 from New Jersey and she's seeking advice about golden showers and threesomes. Dottie, you're a good time. Tell me everything. <laughs> Hi. Hey, Emily. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Hey, I'm basically my boyfriend and I, we have a really good adventurous and open sex life and always trying new stuff. And I asked him here a little bit ago, what he'd like to try and he brought up a golden shower and I'm not against it. I just have nowhere, no <laughs> idea where to begin. Okay. And I was just hoping you could help us out. Absolutely. I mean, so there's some basic tips for golden showers and I understand no golden showers is where you, uh, someone urinates on their partner. So for people who aren't sure, like it could be, you guys could take turns peeing on each other. So I guess you're not going to know until you try it, but there are a few things to be to make sure that you, it's better to do at the end of the day, once your bladder is empty, um, to drink a lot of water. It's a good to avoid garlic or coffee or like vitamins and asparagus to make sure that you're, you know, feeling good about your urine. But really also you want to make sure you're in an environment that's easy to clean off, right? So I would say in the shower and the bathroom floor, I would say just practice there and maybe you just in the shower would be a great way to start. Maybe he does it to you okay. and then you do it to him and then you see how it goes. Maybe start fooling around, some foreplay, making out in the shower. I think that's the safest way because then you're not peeing on your bed, which you could do that, but just a lot more cleanup. Yes, exactly. Perfect. Well, that's a great place to start. <laughs> I also had a question about threesomes. Like okay. I'm open to a threesome. We talk about it a lot. We've kind of set out like the rules in terms of like what a threesome would look like. But how do we go about like finding somebody that's like, for lack of a better term, a safe option, like somebody yeah. that's not going to threaten the relationship. And I know that that's, you can't rule out everything, but where do we begin with that? Exactly. So, okay. So you're in New Jersey. So the good news is there's a few sites right now that are great. So a lot of people are using field F E E L D. And then there's also FetLife, F E T L I F E. Those are apps, the probably websites. So you can figure out, you can find people in your area and also there might be lifestyle parties, what they call them, like swingers and people seeking threesomes and all that in your area. So there could be like a sex toy shop you could call, like if there's a cool sex toy store near you that kind of has, you know, 
body safe products and like this kind of stuff we talk about. They sell like we vibes and stuff like that. That would be a good place. They have message boards or they might have like, you know, events on the weekends where you could you could find people. And there's also a blog on our website called Where to Find Lifestyle Parties. So I'm going to send you there. Start with those apps and you don't know. My recommendation would be if you guys match with someone on these apps, meet them for coffee first. I would say like, or meet them for a drink first. And you could say, let's see how it goes. We want to continue it. Or you could FaceTime. But I would say that just get a good vibe for them. Feel it out because you're right. There's no guarantees. But you definitely want to make sure it's someone that you both feel good about, that you're both attracted to. And you don't want to just invite that person over without maybe having talked to them first. Perfect. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your help. You're so welcome. Let me know how it goes. (laughs) Thanks, Dottie. Have a good night. Bye. I feel like I'm getting more and more calls now from couples who are like open to it. They're like, we've already set the boundaries. We already know the rules, which is great, you guys, because just in case you haven't heard this before, it is important to like, is who's the third going to be? Can they sleep over? Are you, is there penetration allowed? Are you allowed to kiss them? Is it someone you know, someone you don't know? Is it a man, a woman? These are all really important boundaries and conversation boundaries to set and conversations to have with your partner ahead of time. But I love that people are calling. They're like, we want to know where to find it. So yeah, everyone, you guys check out that blog. And um, if you're thinking of a third, you know, make sure you go through these certain steps and uh, let me know how your threesome goes. Can't wait to hear all the details. Okay, guys, thanks for listening to the show. Those were some fun calls. I hope you're on my next call show. And thanks to everyone for listening. And thanks to my amazing team, Ken, Sarah, producer, Jamie, and Michael. Was it good for you? Email me, feedback at sexwithemily.com. Deputy Jamie. Hello. I have to ask you something. What's the main questions we get asked from our female listeners on the show? What would you say? No, definitely not being able to orgasm or having trouble getting there. I mean, there's a lot of reasons too. There's pain, dryness, stress, because who doesn't have that? Mm. Anxiety. I mean, I feel for the women out there. We're just hurting. This is why I got so excited about Foria. Yes, it's amazing. (laughs) Oh my God, I know. Okay, so you guys, this is probably my most unique sponsor I've had in a few years. Foria Awaken. It's intimate massage oil that uses CBD-rich hemp extract. There's been so much research and studies lately about the benefits of CBD oil and also benefits of CBD and sex from pain relief, relaxation for your whole body, and it makes sense that it would work as well for your other parts. Yeah, it's kind of incredible what it can do. I mean, it's think about it. It's a plant. And it totally relaxed me. I know, same. I was so my body, I just used a few sprays and I rubbed it on my hands and then I put it on my whole vulva area. And I waited like five minutes. I just felt, I felt stimulated and tingly and turned on. Also, it has eight other plant aphrodisiacs like coconut oil and kava kava extract and it tastes and smells really good too. Yeah, it was like a, like a minty chocolatey taste. Yeah, it was mint chocolate. All these things are why I want to talk about it. It's easy to use. You don't need to use a lot. This little bottle goes a long way. Yeah, I think I pretty much only use three sprays max each time. Yeah, that's all you need. You're just applying a little bit to the clitoris, the labia, and the vagina. Deep relaxation, increased blood flow, enhances sensations like everywhere, and can stimulate natural lubrication. And I'm definitely having easier orgasms, and the smelling good, always a plus. I like the fact that it doesn't have any THC in it because that means that everyone can get it. Everyone can experience it. So, I mean, your head's not going to get high. You don't have to worry about that. Just your genitals. Although, I mean, you know me, I'm down for both. Exactly. 
surprising. The organic CBD extract they use is only from the United States and it's all independently tested to make sure it's free of synthetics, toxins, and anything else you wouldn't want to put in your body, especially your vagina. Plus, it's 100% edible and vegan. Oral sex on this is amazing. Oh my God. Um, I could talk about Awaken for hours, but just go. Check it out. Learn more. Try it for yourself. Trust me. Trust me. Go to sexwithemily.com slash awaken. You're going to love it. That's my site, sexwithemily.com slash A-W-A-K-E-N.